This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Telling stories is one way to keep history alive, a chance to continue the legacy of our friends and family who've passed on. But stories can be overlooked, forgotten, and erased. And one group in Pilsen is working to tell histories of women in the neighborhood during the Chicano movement around the 1960s and 70s. And in about a week, they'll be sitting down with community members to share the stories that those activists and organizers featured in a book titled Chicanas of 18th Street. So with us now to tell us their stories is Liliana Macias, Public Engagement Coordinator of the Chicago Monuments Project, Pilsen Latina Legacies. Liliana is also a PhD history student at UIC. Welcome. Thank you. And Teresa Magana is the co-founder and executive director of the Pilsen Arts and Community House and the project manager of the Pilsen Latina Legacies. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. So Liliana, I want to touch on history getting erased there and, and stories forgotten, as you heard me mention. Do you think part of that erasure is intentional? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's intentional um, in a way that it's structural. Um, and I think that that's important to note. Sometimes we think of an erasure as like something very public, very active, but sometimes it's just built in the infrastructure of how we tell stories. Yeah. Who do you think is responsible for, for, um, for stopping those stories from getting lost? Um, I mean, I think there are various systems that we grapple with, whether it's white supremacy, if we're people of color or patriarchy, if we're women or homophobia, queerphobia or transphobia, if we're part of the LGTB community. So like the infrastructure that's built in the way in which we move in our environment has been shaped. Um, the, the Pilsen Arts and Community House will be hosting uh, what you call a teach-in yeah. based on the stories told of six Pilsen women. They were community activists and organizers during the uh, Chicano movement in Chicago, as I mentioned. Now, before we talk about these women, why do you think that these six stories were the ones that you particularly wanted to share? Um, I think these six stories were really important to share because they quite literally shaped the infrastructure of Pilsen. Um, in particular, it changed the neighborhood in a way that it allowed it to be welcoming to migrants um, who were coming into the city in the 60s and 70s, where it wasn't a sanctuary city, right? It was a very um, tough time to be a migrant in the city. Mm. Um, there were uh, raids happening in the neighborhoods. And so there was a real terror that was happening. And so these six wonderful women, um, along with these systems of organizing um, in the community, they um, they changed that and they made Pilsen a neighborhood where migrants could come and they could thrive and they could build these networks. It was quite beautiful. That's how the Chicano movement began? Um, in Chicago, well, it's very complex. I think the Chicano movement began in California and because of how amazing it was and all of the... Um, all of the different efforts that they put into being recognized, but also their marginalization being um, understood. I think it really influenced folks across the United States and in Chicago. It definitely resonated as we saw um, with these women who began to engage uh, with the Chicano movement. They went to Denver for the Chicano moratorium. They were part of all of these different um, organizing efforts that Chicanos from California were putting out at the time. Uh, Teresa, you know, when, when people think about the prominent figures of the Chicano movement, are many of them women? Um, you know, I think uh, people ideally will think of the, the male names first, right? Um, Why is that? You know, I think probably media, right? <laughs> 
um, popularity, you mm-hmm. know, um, what's been pushed out there across across the country. Um, but there's all these smaller stories of Latina women, Chicanas that were doing the labor, doing the organizing, all the behind the scenes work. And it's very easy to just highlight, you know, the um, the person in front of the camera, the person always getting um, put forward. So, um, yeah, I think that's it's this is part of one of these uh, initiatives to educate um, now our younger generation of Latinas so they can understand these these yeah. stories that were there. So going back to the the teach-ins, the first teach-in of three that's going to take place on October 7th, uh, describe what you mean by a teach-in and take us there. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll let Liliana <laughs> speak on that. She's the one that uh, has put this together and is going to be uh, facilitating with yeah. other artists. Yes, correct. Uh, it is my baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, very much in the honor and nature of these women, one of the beautiful things that I found about what they did was that, you know, yes, yeah, some of them went to college, but a lot of them were just interested in learning, particularly learning about their communities. And so throughout the book, you will see them. They met in bookstores. They met in, like, Casaslan when it was still oper- operating. They met in each other's homes, and they literally just wanted to um, to engage in learning about um, themselves, their identity, their histories in the United States, their mm-hmm. histories back home. Um, and so I wanted to honor that, not by creating a program where we would bring in scholars or anything like that. I wanted to invite the community and to recreate that space because it was so powerful and we see that in the book. And so we definitely want to, I wanted to lean into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Teresa, local artists are going to present yes, as so, well. So with each teaching, um, there is a teaching artist or collective, like in the first one, uh, there's a collective of artists that will be uh, leading a workshop. Uh, it's going to be zine making uh, to help uh, highlight some of the stories um, and histories. And, nice. you know, art form and um, making art together is just one of those things that help um, really forms everybody's understanding of, of what they're all learning and then how we can continue to tell these stories to others as well. Yeah. So yeah. While we have you here, Liliana, what, tell us more about the Chicanas of 18th Street. Who were they? <laughs> Wow, (laughs) that's a big question because there were six and they did so much. Um, But, um, you know, we have um, some of them like Maria Gamboa, for example, who used Compañía Trucha, which was a theater group to have uh, to do productions that would inform the community about ways in which they were marginalized, for example, or, you know, Cristina, whose parents um, had a long history of labor organizing, who was a uh, part of the UFW, the United Fruit Workers uh, Union, um, mm-hmm. that they had a chapter here in Chicago. Um, and so, like, if you walk into Pilsen, their influence is literally everywhere. Um, you know, when we think about places like um, Alivio Medical Center, it was definitely founded at that time mm. by women. When we think of Mujeres Latinas en Acción, which is a, um, a non-for-profit who works with uh, women in domestic violence, um, yeah. who are trying to leave domestic violence situations. So the community of Pilsen has access to these Yeah, absolutely. These they built it. Yeah. These histories. Yeah. So yeah, there's like a built infrastructure of these histories. There isn't just an, the only thing that's missing, and it's an explicit understanding that this was the labor of women, um, that, that 
that allowed this space to be so welcoming. Yeah. And not to mention, um, like Benito Juarez High School. Yeah, that was that high school came about because of the mothers and families yeah. wanting to create an additional school mm-hmm. in the neighborhood yeah. um, because of so many conflicting, you know, issues going on and needing that that service for kids. Yeah. Or the Harrison High School walkouts, mm-hmm. right, where people were protesting for having literally just teachers who spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. Can you really? imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I can imagine it. Uh, We got to mention these teach-ins, they're also a way to engage the community about a monument honoring the uh, Latinas at Pilsen, right? Uh, What kind of feedback are you hoping to get, Teresa? Um, Yeah, so this is actually the the first phase of what's going to be three phases in uh, the Chicago Monuments Project. Um, our project is uh, called Pilsen Latina Histories. Um, this is a project that's uh, being funded by the Mellon Foundation in partnership with DCASE. Um, and eight projects were selected to highlight um, different issues or people. Um, it could be an event, it could be individuals, um, but we're engaging the community with these first teach-ins to, as the educational part, we're yeah. educating people. We're gonna be gathering info and feedback after those sessions that will then feed into a second phase of community engagements um, across Pilsen, like Casa um, Michoacan. Um, there's uh, another cultural center called 18th Street, uh, Cultura, Casa de Cultura, we'll do one at Patch as well. Um, and so we're gonna have a couple facilitations to uh, survey folks and be like, what would a monument look like now in the present mm-hmm. that would memorialize Latina history? Is it a person? Is it a statue? Is it a place of gathering? We won't know until we actually ask what people want. Sounds so cool. And then the third uh, phase would be engaging our artist community. So then collectively we gather all of that information and feedback so then we can conceptualize and visualize what that monument would look like. And then ultimately proposing that to to decase to uh, potentially have an actual monument built, fabricated, and created, yeah. uh, and be standing Fingers in Pilsen. So, yeah, yeah, so it's it's a, a big endeavor. Um, we hope to be done with it by May of 2024. So this is <laughs> has been a, a year-long project that we've been working on. We've been talking to Liliana Macias and Teresa Magana of the Chicago Monument Project, Pilsen Latinas Legacies. Thank you both so much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Now let's turn to another voice. Mark Bowman is a senior environmental social scientist at the Field Museum's Keller Science Action Center. Welcome to the program, Mark. Hi. So the field currently has an exhibition called Calumet Voices National Stories. Why focus on Calumet? What makes it unique? It's got a national story that everybody needs to hear, and it includes a lot of the elements that we just heard about here. Um, It's got nationally significant biodiversity, Field Museum, very interested in that. Um, of course, it, it it is still the nation's leading steelmaking center, and that led to its becoming one of the home bases for the Mexican-American community in Chicago. And that's a, a, a cultural crossroads, and that's nationally significant. And in all that was amazing about that steelmaking epic and all that was problematic and mm-hmm. a lot of the leadership that uh, led people through that and envisioning what happens next, um, I think we can look to that region as well as to places like 18th Street. Yeah, yeah. this exhibition, it includes uh, collections and specimens like rare flowers, artifacts from steel mills, birds, baking powder cans, and more. Uh, just tell us you know, about the, the presence and the experience right. of Latinos living in that region. 
Mark? Well, uh, as I as I just mentioned, I mean, the first home church, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, founded in 1924, um, was one of the uh, cultural hearth moment places for for um, the community in Chicago. But that's expanded where other steel workers and rail workers and folks in all walks of life today are from Blue Island in the West, it's more than 50% Latino, mm-hmm. to East Chicago, to um, uh, and in between uh, as a region uh, strongly imprinted with this um, with this cultural element. Yeah, one part of the exhibit I want to mention is the work by South Chicago artist Roman Villarreal. What should we know? Well, he's, you know, here's, and again, this is a great connection to what we've just been talking about. Um, He was a steel worker in the 60s, and uh, if you today drive to the site of what used to be the large steel mill at uh, between 79th and 92nd Street. It's called Steelworkers Park, and you'd be greeted by a statue that he created. Um, he's been heard to say that art is the new steel, that, that some of these moments of leadership will take us um, to the next generation. Um, what he's got in what we have actually in our Field Museum collection, and this is a collections-based uh, exhibition, mm-hmm. is um, six figurines that he made. And he, uh, back when he was still working there, and he put him around the plant of uh, representing folks in the neighborhood. Um, wow. So you've got all amazing. that on display. You've got um, some, some work that you do, too, at the Keller Science Action Center in both Calumet and tropical forests of the Andres Amazon region. Uh, you know, I've got uh, colleagues on my uh, center who are from Peru and Ecuador and Colombia and uh, Mexico, wow. um, but we do this work in the Andes Amazon that's, uh, again, about centering a local voice in the conservation efforts that happen. And I think that is to one of the nationally significant pieces about the Calumet region because of the leadership of folks like Olga Bautista, uh, Peggy Salazar, who are leaders in the Southeast Environmental Task Force, yeah. and have, um, and, and that story is out there now. There's a beautiful mural on the Southeast Task Force um, offices that that recognizes some of this leadership. Before you go, any upcoming field events that you want to highlight? Uh, a couple that I, if I may. Re- I've got 15 seconds. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I would point to uh, Myrna Garcia coming uh, to the museum at the Armor Lecture on October 11th. I would also point to um, on the 10th uh, in our Science Hub, Jacob Campbell, yeah. Hector Duarte, uh, Piloto, talking about the La Ronda Paracata. Uh, and to the space. Field Museum, folks. That's Mark Bowman. Thank you so much for joining us.